Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down at Bondi Beach, and uh, wow, here we have had some rain. Woof! And we've had some storms, and we've had some wind, and now we've got uh, a very dirty but um, uh, happy to be back ocean. It's uh, sunrise, and uh, well, the, you can hear the waves crashing out there. It's a beautiful day. The uh, down at uh, North Bondi, the usual hundred people—I don't know what they call them—splash for dash or something. There's a group that go out every Friday. They've gone out in spite of all the mud and the blood and the beer. And well, I love the idea of routine. You know, uh, I was just talking to someone about it, and when with so many variables in life that demand uh, a certain level of willpower to get us from A to B at work or in the thing that we really love in life, it's really important to have routine that don't break. We were talking about a game of squash and, um, and the concept of un being unfuckwithable. There's a book called, um, uh, oh. I'll think of it in a minute. But in that book, the author talks about the concept of being unfuckwithable. Unfuckwithable, and he wants that word to become part of the English dictionary, actually. Unfuckwithable. And unfuckwithable is, says basically this, I have a routine, and that routine is fixed whether I, and it's not dependent on another person turning up. So, for example, uh, he, the person I was talking to plays squash. And um, his squash opponent didn't was busy or missed the meeting or whatever it was, and didn't turn up. And he went ahead and played a game of squash by himself. He, in other words, he practiced. And one week he did that uh, some time ago, and he loved it. He worked up a sweat and he hammered the ball against the wall, and it was really great. The next time he did it, just a couple of weeks ago, he didn't enjoy it at all. And I said, well. That's the beauty of routine, is because the routine doesn't become the variable, it becomes the constant, and how you feel becomes the variable, and sometimes we don't even know how we feel, whether we're angry or worried or um, unmotivated or disappointed or frustrated or exhausted, or we don't know how we feel, because if we feel a bit, uh, if we fluctuate on our routine every week, our feelings dictate what we do, and therefore we don't really know whether we, we um, did or didn't do something uh, just because we felt tired or we felt lazy or we felt disappointed or felt hurt. And uh, it's no different to the swimmers down at North Bondi this, this morning. There's a hundred people and I would say every Friday there'd be somewhere between 90 and 110. So 20 people fluctuate in and out of their routine and just give themselves the option if it's a bit of a shitty day to not come. Other people say, no, that's Friday morning. I go swimming at 6 a.m., rain, hail or shine, and I go down and maybe I don't swim for long, maybe I don't swim at all, but, but I go down. And um, I have a client I meet uh, every week in a coffee shop in Bondi, and uh, currently that person is away on holidays, but still, I go to the coffee shop at exactly the same time. I'm disciplined about arriving there. I sit in the coffee shop for the hour that he and I would normally be working in the coffee shop and I do some work instead of working with him, as I say, away in, in Europe. But 
it's, it's just another example of sticking to a routine, sticking to a routine. Routine is important also from another aspect, and that is that if you are willing to fluctuate your routine, you have to, you are relying on willpower to determine whether you do or don't do something. And you say, I've got the willpower to go to the gym at three o'clock this afternoon. I've got the willpower to go for a run. And that willpower is limited. You don't have stacks of it. You don't have unlimited abundance of it. You have willpower. And better to use the willpower to get yourself, to muscle yourself through something in that's your highest, highest Mount Everest, your highest priority, rather than have, a, have it as, oh, I, I'm going to use willpower to keep me on routine. I think this aspect of life is very underestimated with the amount of, like we've got, uh, my, my partner has two little kids and, they, and, and she, she's constantly asking them what do they want, what do they want, and so they're making decisions, 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 and you get to see that this decision-making process becomes uh, not scientific, it becomes sort of a bit of a luxury. And that really means they're left in a state of constant disappointment when they don't, when they make a decision what they want, they expect to get it. And you don't always get what you want in life in the day, it's not always what they want is in the cupboard. And then they end up in a state of disappointment because of that. So. I think we, we, by using routine and fixing the routine and saying rain, hail or shine, I stick to the routine and I become unfuckwithable. Sometime in the next six months, I'm doing a bike ride between um, Hobart and Devonport. It's called the Tasmanian Trail. It's an eight day bike ride. It can be done staying in Airbnbs along the way or in a tent uh, that you would carry. And I'm going to do it. Uh, and I said to Jess, you, I'm happy if you come with me. Now that's very different to saying, let's go on a bike ride in Tasmania together and worrying about when she can and can't do it. So we will talk about when she can and can't do it. I will adapt my bike ride if I can to suit her timings and her schedule. But I'm doing the bike ride. And the most important thing is that that goal, that, that, that routine, that schedule is unfuckwithable. If you become a fuckwithable person, you're always asking somebody else, would you like to? Is it okay if you, can I, and, and that, that means if they, fluct, if they wobble or fluctuate or they're based, basing everything on their feelings, how they feel today, then so are you. And that joined at the hip codependency thing has been described in every second book on relationship and health as being one of the most toxic uh, aspects of a human relationship that people accidentally fall into. They start talking about a we and uh, when would you and, and be, they become fuckwithable and that is sort of saying to the soul, you're not you, I'm not me, I am whatever anybody else will or won't do. It's worth thinking about. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind is the name of the book. Um, it's from a, an organization called Mind Valley, a guy who was born and raised in Malaysia. It's an incredibly seductive uh, 
uh, organization. So I would suggest that joining the Mind Valley thing, which the book is designed to sell, is probably not the smartest thing you'll ever do in your life. But if you need to experiment and give it a try, uh, that's what it's called, Mind Valley. You can look it straight up on Google and uh, there'll be a free course and a free entry and promises of eternal uh, glory and success. And let me assure you, I know a lot of people who belong to it, who've done it, who've read the book, who've done the course, who've visited Mount Valley, done the retreat, and are no better off for it and are 20 or $30,000 poorer for it. The guy is quite wealthy. The reason he's quite wealthy is he appeals to the part of our human nature that wants something for nothing. All right. So just be cautious, but the book is extraordinary. I think The Code of the Extraordinary Mind is one of the better books about goal setting and human behavior that I've uh, come across in recent years. All right, have a beautiful day. I'm down here at the beach. I'm standing on a rock looking out to sea, and it's just perfect. Here comes the lifeguards. Bye for now.